people here today. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the midst of us. We thank and praise you, and we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Break open the bread of life. We receive it. Father, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place, and we love and bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen. Got a little distracted, but we're going to talk about uh, renewing your strength in God. You know, we know that, amen, we're living in the last, well, I hate to say that. You know what I'm saying? Because Jesus can come back when he wants to. He might come back 50 more years, 100 more years. We don't know. But the signs of the times, I'll put it like, because I just don't like people saying that because it's like almost like they're trying to prophesy something that they don't know. And God says no man knows the day or the hour. Amen. Jesus knows when he's coming back. And that's all that really matters. But I do know this one thing. He's coming back for a church that, you know, has no spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And I know the church ain't there yet. But see, people... I'm going to just tell you this, because this is what I believe God is saying to me right now. Religion will try to speed up the time that Jesus is coming because they don't like how things look. And they don't understand it, and they don't know how the church is going to get right because there's so much bad stuff going on in the church. And so they know that Jesus is coming back for a church without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. And they don't see that cleanliness in the church. So they just won't say, well, he coming back. We're living in the last days. Well, he coming back when, when the church is ready, when he's ready, and when he perfect the church. Because the church has to go through a perfecting. And I believe that's the season that we're in. You know, we're in a, a season of uh, the, the church being perfected. But I'm telling you, we got to go through this thing where we know and, and, and recognize and receive his love. The bride must receive the love of Christ and be adorned and be prepared for the coming of groom. So that's why I don't like this last day. I mean, you know, we don't know. But I do know the church needs to prepare, and the church is not ready, according to Revelations, the third chapter of the Revelations. I think it's the third chapter. But I do know that, you know, the church has to stop compromising, and they haven't stopped yet. Amen. And they better hope Jesus don't come back right now. Amen. Hallelujah. But anyway, I don't know how I got there, but we're talking about our strength. Our strength only comes from one place, and that is from God. We can get strength from other artificial avenues. I'll say it like that. But true might and power, true strength comes from God. Amen. So as long as we live on this earth, there's going to be some tribulation, trials, situations, problems. I'm not prophesying. I'm just saying that this is what the Bible said. In life, you will have tribulation. It says, but be of good cheer. Amen. And so we have to trust God. Those that do not have a, a relationship or a right relationship with God uh, are worried. But we have to trust that when we need him, he is there for us. Amen? Now, sometimes situations, adversity comes, and it knocks us out of the ballpark. But you know what? We're down but not out, like Paul. Amen. You get down, but you get up. 
but God will always bring us uh, back to where we need to be. But it's like this. It's time for the church to start depending on God to be restored, to be strengthened, to be um, blessed in every way. Everything that we need, we need to depend on God for it. Stop looking to other people. You know, some people look for their families to give them help. Amen. Most people try to solve problems on their own, and this I believe this is what God is after. He's after the people who um, are self Yeah, self-sufficient. People who want to do it themselves and think they don't need God. And I can do it. Or, you know, not that you're not supposed to help yourself. But some of these things that are godly, let's see, according to Matthew, I think it's Matthew 26 something, where it talks about do not worry. And so we try to control and handle everything that we're going through. When number one, the Bible says, in this life you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. He says, do not worry, you know, um, cast your cares upon me. It doesn't cause you to grow one cubic feet to worry. And so God, in this hour, I believe he is really cracking down on people who don't want to cast their cares upon him or look to him to solve these problems that we, because this is a season where it's just, you know, end times and it's just a lot of stuff going on but god says that he is here to uh, deliver us out of every situation amen so we're gonna encounter trouble and but what we need to stop doing is trying to survive trying to solve these problems on our own amen we need to look to god who is the author and the finisher of our faith amen relying on God. A good example of someone who always triumphed in adversity, and this is what we always do. It's not that trouble won't come. It's when trouble comes, you defeat the enemy, you know, or God will annihilate them before they even get close to you. You know, if somebody tried to, you know, like, for instance, use your credit card numbers or something like, God will find, will, you'll know after it happened. And it never touched you. And so God, I believe this is a season where God is saying, look, rely on me. It's so much crookery and so much treachery going on in this world today. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. God has overcome the world. So we're going to look at David. And I was thinking about him because he overcame adversity all the time. And, And every time he turned around, there was something going on wrong in his life. But he came through, and, you know, he suffered a lot of things, but he came through victorious in everything. Amen. So we, by looking at David's life, we can learn how to come out of trouble victoriously in every time. Because every time he turned around, he had to face the enemy. But he came through victoriously. Amen. David had more than his share of problems. And this is, I just numbered them. Number one, King Saul was jealous of him and repeatedly tried to kill him. How would you like it for someone that you're close to and that has authority over you um, try to keep running you down to kill you when you love them? 
You have nothing but love. I got nothing but love for you, brother. (laughs) But he had to deal with that because he knew that there was jealousy in Saul's heart. And so he had to flee, and eventually he had to hide in the wilderness. Amen. It's like this, back to the wilderness. (laughs) Amen. He was jealous of him. David escaped death by hiding in the wilderness. His family, I just wrote some things down. His entire family was kidnapped. Remember when the soldiers took everybody, took all his wives, all his money? You know, hide your wife, hide your your money, hide everything. And, um, you know, so let's see another thing. Let's see. He suffered shame of adultery. And murder is something when you have a bad past in that you call to be the leader. Can you imagine that one? And and people looking at you like, who do you think you are? I'm not going to do what you tell you because your past, is, you know, it's just a lot. There's a lot of shame involved in that. And most people don't want to even listen to you. Amen. This is the problem the present president is having because of a few words. Some words that people don't want to forget. And they think he's the scum of the earth. But look at David. Look at David. Never killed nobody. He never, you know, the president never killed anybody. Never raped anybody like they try to say. It's just ridiculous. But can you imagine being called to represent God and represent leadership when you, your past don't look too good? People never let you live out of it. So David had all of these things to overcome. Amen. And he did it. Let me see if I wrote something else down. Yeah, his son Amnon, remember when he raped his daughter Tamar? And then his other son, Absalom, killed Amnon because of what he did to Tamar. So he lost a son. One son was a moron, you know, rapist or whatever, whatever, you know. And so he had all of this going on with his children. And then Saul is on, on, got him on the run. I mean, it was a lot. Then he had two or three wives. And then one, he had his, the, the husband killed. I mean, it was a lot for him to endure. But you know one thing, when you look on David's life, he never gave up on God. Amen. And he was never too proud to call on God. It's like, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner, but I'm still calling on you. And this is why he prevailed. Amen. He prevailed because he knew that God loved him in spite of his wrongs. Amen. And he got victory. He got victory because he was never. See, sometimes the devil can put you in a position of pride. Well, I'm not going to ask this idea. That's pride. And so the devil couldn't get him any kind of way because he refused to give up on God. And he didn't try to solve all of these situations on his own. He always cried out to God. And then God turns around and calls him a man after his own heart. Killer, murderer, bad person. You know, all of this, I don't even know, it's fornication, adultery, all of these things. But then God says, here's a man after my own heart. So we can learn a lot from David. Amen. He kept escaping death all the time. Amen. He got rid of the uncircumcised Philistine that everybody was, the whole army. Could you imagine somebody that threatened the whole army? Here's this little short dude goes in and says, who do you think, who do you, think you are? <laughs> Why are these people so, his older brothers were afraid. But he wasn't. 
because God was with him. Amen. And so if you don't give up on God, well, I, I, I won't say that because even if we do, he never gives up on us. But I'm telling you, God never gives up on us, no matter what. And David is, amen, he's a perfect example. Don't ever give up on yourself. Amen. Don't ever give up on God being able to help you. You're not past helping. Amen. It is not too late. It's never too late. God is an 11th hour God. And he can help, he can save, he can do all of these things. It's nothing for him to help and to save. I think he's waiting for us to, to, to get that confidence in him where we call on him even in the 11th hour and expect him to help us. Amen. Because a lot of people say it's too late. You know, he can't help me. If he was going to help me, he would have helped me before. But God says it's never too late. Amen. So with all of this trouble with his children, David, then he experienced temptation, had a lot of problems, and was grieved by things happening in his life. He didn't like this stuff. Amen. But he survived it all. Why? Because he never gave up on God. The Lord called David a man after his own heart. If you write that down, that's in 1 Samuel 13, 14. And it is in Acts thirteen twenty-two. Hallelujah. And why did God call him this? Because God knew he relied on him. He didn't have a backup plan. Amen. He was all out there. And he was like this. If God doesn't help me, if God doesn't come through for me, I have nothing. Amen. So God, David relied on God in every situation. And he found strength in the Lord. See, when you rely on God, people want to know, how do, I, how do I survive this? Or, you know, I feel so beaten. I feel so like nothing is going my way. Everything is working against me. We'll start to rely on God. That's where your strength is. That's how people receive strength. That's how David received his strength. And he received his strength from relying on God. He got that off of him because he couldn't, he couldn't handle it. Amen. Amen. And so when you take the burden off of yourself and you place it on God and say, God, you're going to have to fix this because I can't. Now, it's easy to say that. Many of us have said that and didn't mean it because we pick it back up. Amen. But David couldn't because he was, I mean, he was in prison. He was in situations where he had to rely on God because they were bad. But if he can rely on God for these big things, we can surely rely on God for the small things. Amen. He relied on God in every situation, and this is how he was strengthened. He was strengthened from the um, from God's interaction or taking over his life and doing what was needed to be done so that he could live and be free from all of this bondage. Now let's go to 1 Samuel 13. I just want to read something to you. I just like to read the scripture, 1 Samuel 13:14. This is now it happened one day that Jonathan the son of Saul said to the young man who bore his armor, "Come, let us go over to the Philistines' uh, garrison." 
that is on the other side, but he, no, wait a minute, that's wrong. Sam 13, verse 14. I was reading 14. But it, it was good. We'll go over that another time. Because I didn't mention Jonathan, his son. Amen. So 13, verse 14. I was reading 14, 1. So verse 14 says, But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Amen. See, he was talking to Saul. And Saul was, let's go back to 13. I should have started there. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord, your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. You see how it's important for somebody, it's more important that your heart is right. I've heard, well, okay, like our president said from a little boy, and that's why he wanted to use his Bible that his mother gave him when he was little. And he says he always sought the Lord and been seeking him more now than ever. And so I was just reading where Saul was getting kicked out because his heart wasn't right. And so God is, was saying, I'll read it again in 14, that I've sought a man who seeks my heart. It doesn't matter if he, what he was saying to some woman. God ain't interested in that. Because to God, that's a small thing. But the, let me tell you how the world, the world likes to build that stuff up. It's like, what do you do in, in behind closed doors? Those are always the people that's throwing the stones. That's the accuser of the brethren. People need to wake up and see what's really going on. And so God is saying, you know, I'm concerned about the heart of a person more than the actions of a poor person because your heart will change your action. If you got right actions in a wrong heart, you're in trouble. Amen. It's called religion. Amen. Well, that didn't go over well, but it's very true. Anybody can do the right thing and say the right thing when it's appropriate. Amen. But where's your heart? See, your heart, I'm going to tell you how you know a person's heart by their actions, by what they do for others. What do they do for others? Amen. You'll know a man's heart. And all of this other stuff is just some religious crazy stuff that people are accusing, and they do worse. Just, it's just the way it is. You know, David was accused by everybody. But when it was time to step up to the uncircumcised Philistine, I didn't see any hands. I didn't read about hands. He was the only person that cared enough to defend the word of the Lord. That's what he was doing, defending the word of the Lord. And this is how you know where a man's heart is if that since heart stuff is but the heart stuff is not important to, to people it's the outer and we got it backwards i used to be like that i used to say my not that you can do anything that's not what i'm saying but what i'm saying is you know i'm concerned now about what god is concerned about 
You have to be concerned about what God is concerned about. And this other stuff is secondary. And if your heart is right, it'll clean up your outer. So is the, the, the mind will, the man will follow the mind and the heart. Mind and heart lines up. And so we have to be concerned about what God is concerned about. I'll read 14 again. It says, but now your kingdom shall not continue. See, um, Samuel was shut and saw down. It says, the Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. And then Samuel rose and went up from Gilgal to Gibeath. Uh, of Benjamin and Saul numbered the people present with him about 6,000 men. Amen. So I won't go any further. But anyway, we have to understand why. I think if we desire, and I I really do, desire to find out why David was successful even in his fleshly Why was he successful? And it's telling us he's successful because of the condition of his heart. Amen? That's how you get stuff. From, that's, he, this is why he gained strength. He gained strength from God because his heart, he had a heart connection with God. Amen? Hallelujah. You don't need to go on a sabbatical or things like that or get away from people and do all of this stuff to get your life in order. Just know God and, and be closer to him. Let's go to 1 Samuel 30. Amen. David, some of the other things that David went through was stoning. The people <laughs> threatened to stone him. So in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, it says, Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Amen. Hallelujah. Do I need to go on? Let's go down to 8. It says, So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them without fail. Recover all. Amen. And so he, he didn't try to rule the country by himself. He sought the Lord. Amen. So sometimes, see, he asked if he should pursue this this nation. Sometimes when things look bad in the natural, pray and ask God what's going on. Amen? Because thank God, it's a a blessing to have someone that's praying to get instruction from God instead of just doing all this stuff in their own might. Amen? And so he asked, shall I pursue these people? And God... Which all people think, for those who think God won't save, attack. Amen. Look at verse 17. Then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. He fought all night. 
why? Because he knew God was with him. Amen. He knew God was. Let's go back to verse 6. Now, David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every See, when people get afraid, they are grieved. And he knew the people were afraid. And he knew he needed God, that he couldn't do all of this stuff on his own. He understood. He just was running because he didn't want them to stone him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Every man for, for his son and daughter. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. That's not the one. His, our God. Oh, verse 8 is the one I want to reread. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered and said, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So watch, watch, just watch what's going on around you. Amen. God will tell you to attack. Amen. If he knows that he is with you and you're with him, yeah, he's going to tell you to attack the enemy. Better to attack. And sometimes you just have to. Amen. Sometimes you just have to. Amen. So he said attack. And then it says in 17, then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on the camels and fled. So the only the, the, the cowards escaped. It says, so David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. This is when they took his wives and took everything he had. And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which had they had taken from them. David recovered all. Then David took all of his flock and herd, and they had that they had driven before those other livestock and said, this is David's spoil. So in other words, he added. He was, God added to him. Not only did he get his stuff back, he took theirs. Amen. Call the spoils. He didn't steal it. God laid it up for him. Amen. And so when you move out with God and you allow God to strengthen your heart and strengthen your mind and you start to take... um, Take instructions from God. He will not lead you into into a, an ambush, but you will overtake the enemy. Amen. Isaiah forty. Let's go there. Hallelujah. You will overtake Isaiah forty. Verse 29. And it says, He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, He increases strength. Amen. Hallelujah. Increases strength. Okay, and I need to keep going. And verse 30 says, Even the, the youth shall faint and be weary. That's anybody that's uh, operating in their own might will get weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. 
says, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In other words, they will gain strength through waiting on the Lord. What, what does it mean to wait? Have faith and patience and don't give up and rely on him. That causes you to gain strength. You don't lose strength by waiting on the Lord. He who waits upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I want to read that in the Amplified. Did I read 30 and 31? Yeah. Can I get the Amplified, Miss Ava? I'll say this while she's getting the Amplified. God does not become weary or, or, or tired. There's no tired or weariness in God. There's no searching uh, of his understanding. He, you, if you all in with him, he gives this stuff to you. Amen. He gives you. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who has no might, he increases power. But you got to be all in. And this scripture is also saying even youth grow weary and tired. And even vigorous young men stumble badly. But those who wait for the Lord, who expects, who looks for and hopes in him, will gain new strength and renew their power. They will rise up close to God like eagles near the sun, close to the sun, and they will run and not become weary and walk and not faint. Can I get that for you? You got it? Okay. Uh-oh. I don't know how I moved it. What verse is, is that? 29? Nope. Thir- 31. 30, 30 and 31. Okay, thanks. Okay, 29 says, he gives strength. This is the Amplified. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who has no might, he increases power. Even the youth grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly. But those who wait for the Lord, those who expect, look for him, and hope in him. So hope in him will cause you to renew your strength, will gain new strength. So those who expect him to come for them, those who look for him, that means seek him, and those who hope in him, those whose hope is in God, will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles rising toward the sun. And they will run and not become weary, and they will walk and not grow tired. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. That's why David overcame. Amen. This is why he overcame. And I believe God has us looking at his life today so we can do what David did. Amen. See, there's no reason for us not to to overcome. No reason at all. Laziness will cause you to overcome thinking that it's got to come, it don't have to come through us. If we can get, and, and this is what I, when I found out, I'm not going to lie, I was shocked. 
because I was so used to doing everything in my own strength. But when I found out I didn't have to strive, it wasn't my deal. All I had to do was have my faith in God and trust him and what he was doing and allow him to come forth and be the leader and I follow him instead of trying to do everything myself. Everything got easier. Everything got easier. So now we're living in this time where we have to allow God to strengthen us because some of this stuff will knock you out or you're on the outside not knowing and not seeing what God is doing. You're totally blind or almost blind because we're not looking at the full picture. And we need God now more than ever. But Amen. But God is saying, let me finish this thing. Let me do this because I know what you need. I love you. You know, I'm looking for men and women who are after my heart like David. And I want to be like that. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we'll gain new strength. Renew our power. We will rise up close to God like eagles. They will run and become not weary. They will walk and not grow tired. When you're tired, you're in the flesh. Amen. So go back and get your talk to God and, you know, keep your relationship with him. And I believe, you know, God just does that supernaturally in our sleep, whatever. You wake up restored and refreshed. Amen. Prayer makes peace with God. This is where prayer comes in. Remember he said that David uh, was after his heart. David sought him and found him. So David prayed, and I believe through prayer and intercession, his, like when he was in the wilderness, I think God used those opportunities to just, they were on a honeymoon. Amen. And that's why he received his strength. And so I guess David said, well, let me throw this at him. Should I attack? <laughs> Since you're with me, tell me what to do. And those are times when you get your instructions from God. Amen. So prayer makes peace with God. And God is the glory. So, you know, that's how you get the glory in your life. Hallelujah. Psalm uh, 3 Verse, let's go there because I, I didn't write down. Psalm 3, verse 1. And it talks about God being the lifter of your head. Amen. God is the lifter. So in other words, when you down and out and think you out, God will lift your head down but not out. God will lift your head. Amen. This goes past people. Amen. This is not, this is you and God. Hallelujah. Psalm 3, verse 1. So important. Uh, so, okay, it says, the Lord helps his troubled people. This psalm of David was when he fled from Absalom, his son. So this is during a time when Absalom had killed his brother Amnon for raping his sister Tamar. And it was just so much confusion. You know, could you imagine your kids going through this? It would just break your heart. And so he says, let me flee. And he got alone alone with God. 
and this is the every time a situation happened in David's life, he wrote a psalm. Amen. <laughs> because he knew somebody else would go through the same thing. All right, let me just read. It says, Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. In other words, everybody on my case, (laughs) all of these problems. Now I got problems in my family with my children. It says, many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say to me, there is no help for him in God. See how people want to even get into your personal relationship with the Lord? By looking on the outside, not knowing what's going on. God said, this is a man after my heart, but those people was telling him, it's no hell, God, God's done with you. And see, he was suffering shame from the family situation. And so people said, mm, now, could you imagine? I go away too. And verse 3 says, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, the glory and the lifter of my head. There's a song. That song was taken from that Psalms. But it says, the glory and the one who lifts up my head. Hallelujah. And as I remember back in the day when we were first learning, wasn't that a good song to sing? Oh, God, oh, Lord, our shield for me, the glory and the lifter of my head. That was just, and that would lift you right up. Wasn't that awesome? It would lift you right up. Man, this stuff is so good. And it says, and in verse 4 says, I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. That's a long way, but he heard him. <laughs> he says, I lay down and sleep. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of 10,000 of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. Ooh, that must have hurt. It says, you have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Salvation belongs to the Lord, and your blessing is upon your people. Oh, my goodness. And that's what kept him in the, in the game. That's what kept him in the fight. Psalm 56, hallelujah. It's just so good to just go through these psalms. You get strength just from reading them. Amen. Psalm 56, verse 9, hallelujah. And it says in 9, when I cry, well, let me start at 8. It says, you number my wanderings. Put my tears into your bottle. Are you not in your book? When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. Hallelujah. God is for me. When I, I think that the Amplified says, when I cry unto the Lord, then will my enemies turn back. This I know for God is with me. So look, David already got hip to when his enemies get too close. All he had to do is cry out to God and they turn back. That's good. That's some wisdom. Amen. Because what we think is everything got to do, everything in the natural. I want to fight somebody and all this crazy stuff. But see, when God is for you, all you have to do is cry out to him. He says, your enemies turn around. Amen. Prayer is the key that unlocks doors. Prayer unlocks doors. 
Hallelujah. Mm. Prayer unlocks doors. <laughs> Hallelujah. Psalm 46. And it says, God, the refuge of his people and conqueror, conqueror of the nations. Mm. So this is, um, this is what, that's just the heading for what David was doing. So verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So when you get in trouble, he's your refuge. In other words, refuge is a hiding place. And he's your strength. Amen. A very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed. That, that means whatever's going on. If the end of the world comes, you will not fear. Amen. And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled. Amen. Though the mountains shake. With its swelling. I think that's a song too. Amen. Though the ocean roar out in the sea, I will not fear or something. I will not fear. I know God will rescue me. You alone, my God, is my salvation. Amen. I knew I remembered something. So verse 3 again, it says, though its waters roar and be troubled. That's the song. It says, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose streams will make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. She shall help her just at the break of dawn. What's the break of dawn? 12, 12, the midnight hours, the 11th hour. That means he's an 11th hour God. Verse 6 says, the nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The, the Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord of Jacob is our refuge. Come, come behold the works of the Lord who has made desolation in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. See, that's why you don't be fearful. I think God is speaking all of this about what's today, if you can hear it. Amen. He says, he breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. Hallelujah. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us, and the Lord of Jacob is our refuge. Amen. Hallelujah. God has nothing happens in this nation that God doesn't know about. Hallelujah. So let's see. Let's go to Matthew 7, 7, and then we'll go back to, and then we'll go to Romans. But I just want to read the scripture in Matthew 7, 7. Because prayer unlocks doors. Matthew 7. Verse 7. It says, ask and, and it will be given to you. Seek 
and you will find. Knock, and it will be open for you. Amen. This is how you get out of worrying. This is how you get the, the pressure of situations off of you. Amen. It says, verse 8, for everyone who asks receives, and he who knocks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Amen. So, in other words, what if you say, I've been knocking, I've been asking, I've been praying, and I didn't receive. But it says that you have to cast your cares upon the Lord. You have to give it, give him everything. Amen. You have to give him and keep on asking. Don't ask for a year and quit. Because it may take ten. So what you going to do, pray a year and quit? It says, keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking. That's what it says in in my Bible. And that word ask means to request, to petition. Amen. And it, when you ask, it, it usually describes the suppliant making a request of somebody in a higher position. Amen. So when you ask, <laughs> be sure that you don't take over. You submit and humble yourself to the Lord. Know that he is God and he don't have to do nothing for you. See, I've heard people pray, God, and I'm just, you know, like with that authoritative, that's flesh. So, you know, just make sure you write with God in your asking. That's all I'm saying. Because we've all asked wrong. But at some point, we learn how to ask right. You ask with a humble heart, but you don't beg. And a lot of people beg. You don't have to beg God for nothing. You know why? Because he's already done it. He's already given it to you. You don't beg for something that he's already done. You're just trying to get it to to, uh, manifest in the natural, but it's already done. So you don't have to beg for anything that's already done. Amen? I hope that makes sense. Hallelujah. Okay, so did we do Psalm 46? We did. God is our refuge and strength. Yeah. In a time of trouble. Um, hmm. We did 56. Yeah, we did 46 too. So, yeah, let's see. Now, I want to talk a little bit about prayer and, and going to God to get your needs met. You have to understand that God is the supplier. It's just like I was reading, He's the supplier. We're not. We're the askers. We're the petitioners. I put it. We're the petitioners. He's the supplier. But it comes through fellowship. It says when we enter into the realm of peace and fellowship with God, all doors are unlocked. Amen. And so we have to understand a little bit about God. Amen. And being in that place of waiting on the Lord. You know, it doesn't mean that you never expect God to give you what you want. You expect, all if it takes 20 years, every day you expect it to happen. I'm telling you, that's just the way it is. And I'm not saying anything that I don't do. Any Every day is the day. 
if it takes 30 years, every day is the day of your salvation. Every day is the day that it could happen. So you don't, you don't wait and be satisfied with waiting because you're in expectation of what God can do. Amen. But you keep petitioning and you develop a relationship with him where some doors unlock. You know, David wasn't perfect, but his heart was in the right place so much so that it unlocks unlocks some doors. His, his, his asking and his prayer and his intercession unlocks some doors. So in other words, when you're in a place of waiting on the Lord, do intercession. Amen. Get into an agreement with God about what you want. Amen. You know, and then I believe during these times, like when you hide in the cleft of the rock, according to Psalm 91, I believe this is where he empowers us. This is where he infuses us with his power and his authority and his boldness. Because boldness comes on you when you face God, when you get in into him, there's a boldness that comes over you. And it's not a, a nasty boldness, it's a clean boldness from God. You understand what I'm saying? Because he strengthens us. Part of being strengthened is having boldness and taking authority over whatever tries to stop you from doing what God has called you to do. Amen. And this is the power when God is with us. This is the power that causes us to overcome. Amen. We become overcomers because of what God has infused us with, if that makes sense. Hallelujah. We are infused with his presence. And when we are praying and interceding and in the Holy of Holies, some doors are unlocked. And we come out, we come out stronger. And I think, I'm, I'm just saying, this is me. I believe God opened doors for stuff that we prayed for years ago. Here that comes. And you say, oh, I ain't want that no more. <laughs> and I believe this is how you may not get the main thing, but he unlocked that other stuff that you prayed for years before. Amen. So it, it, it never is a waste of time when you're in the presence of God. Amen. And you're interceding and you're praying. The Bible says, uh, even in Jeremiah 29, 11, you will go away, pray to me, and I will hear you. And then in, uh, what's that scripture? If my people who are called by my name, that's in Chronicles, Second Chronicles. And it's, hey, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, See, whenever you seek his face and you get in his presence, doors are unlocked. Amen. And he, he said in Jeremiah, you will go away and seek me and find me and I will hear you and I will answer you. Amen. So it's never, uh, uh, it's always a good thing because this is where we're strengthened. That's how you get the spirit of might and power on you. Amen. This is how it's done, and this is how we increase. We increase spiritually, even physically. Sickness and disease. Sickness and disease can't stay on you when you're in the presence of God. Have to let you go. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Okay, let's go to, when you're in the holies of holies, things change. Amen. Things change in the natural realm, too. And we increase in power. And that's what causes us to be more than overcomers. That's how we become more. A lot of people try to put on those natural clothes, spiritual clothes, feet shot with the preparation of feasts and the helmet of salvation, you know, and they try to do all this stuff in the natural. It don't work like that. It's a spiritual clo- it's spiritual clothing. I, I remember I heard, um, what's his name? <laughs> the, the, um, said there's a lot of naked people running around. He said they have no spiritual clothing. They're all in the flesh and they're all naked. He says, yeah, I know you'll get that tomorrow. <laughs> but there's a lot of naked people running around. Not not clothed. In, they have no spiritual clothing. But everything is trying to be done or accomplished in the natural. And this is what he was saying. And it used to just be so funny to me. And I'm like, well, that's very, very true. And he says, spend some time with God, get in the spirit. It's the spirit life where you're spiritually clothed. Amen. So you have to be spiritually clothed. Romans 8. Hallelujah. And don't be naked. <laughs> Running around naked. Be fully clothed. With your spirit, have your spiritual clothing on. Let's see now. We want to go to 8 verse 26. I'm hoping I have it, but I don't think I do. I think those are my. Well, I have some of it. And it says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Amen. So in other or your distresses. So in other words, the more you visit the Spirit realm, praying in the Spirit, it helps your weaknesses, some Bibles say your infirmities. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Amen. Let's see if I can. 27 says, Now he who searches the heart, see there's the heart again. Amen. Knows what he what what's the next word after what I don't have it what the the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the is it saints uh, saints I don't have that according to the will of God my my I don't know I guess when I was in need I just chewed up the Romans <laughs> the book of Romans <laughs> amen and we know that all things work together for the good for those who love the God and those who are called according to his purpose. Amen. And that word purpose means a setting for, a place, a word that suggests a deliberate plan. Let's see. Let's see if I can put this back together. An advanced plan, an intention, a design, and this is what a purpose is. A purpose is a plan. And so God is saying that he'll work all things 
together for your good to accomplish your purpose in life. Amen. So we can't give up. Never give up. Never give up. Hallelujah. That I read verse 27. Okay, I think, yeah, that's the one I put together, I think. So let me go down to verse 31. It says, what then shall I say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? This is where David was. He forgot all them enemies. He said, I got to get with God to get strengthened by might in my inner man. It says, in other words, keep God on your side. You need him on your side. You fool with the world, then you're not dependent on God anymore. And verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of God, love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? No. As it is written, you are, for your sake, we are killed all day. Uh, we are accounted as sheep headed for slaughter, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that love us. And it's like this. Look, we go through famine, distresses, persecution, sickness, poverty, uh, divorce, separation, financial difficulties. All these things face us, but we are more. But we are more than conquerors. Amen. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And and this is why David conquered. He was more than a conqueror. In other words, he was over and above. And so are we. We are over and above. And this this word conqueror describes one who is super victorious who wins more than an ordinary victory. So we win more than an ordinary victory. Amen. See, all of this stuff, God's not just talking. That's why I like to read stuff. Amen. It says, but who is overpowering in achieving abundant victory? In other words, those who overcome are those who are not, who don't win just an ordinary victory. But those are the ones who are overpowering, overpowering and achieving abundant victory. So not only did you get victory, you get abundant victory. Just like I used David for an example. When he um, recovered all, he recovered his wives, his kids, his money, his animals. He got theirs, the enemies too. So that's more than an overcomer. Amen. That's more. That's who he, that's super victorious. Amen. It's one who wins more than an ordinary victory. In other words, I'm thankful that I got my stuff back, but God says, no, you're going to get yours back and theirs too. So that's super victorious. And that's what God says we are. Amen. It's like this. You've been waiting for to marry the right person, but not only will you get the right person, he's going to have something. Amen. And it's not that you, but see, you don't go looking for that. See, this is where people get messed up. What kind of car you drive, where you live, where you work, that ain't going to get it. That will never get it. Amen. 
you got to trust God on this, and you got to be all in. <laughs> I'm beginning to like that more and more. You got to be all in. If he worked at the at a restaurant, you got to be all in because that's a starting point. At least he's working. Amen. Better than better than somebody sitting up doing nothing. And so, and that can turn into his own franchise. So you have to be all in. Amen. Hallelujah. That didn't go over well, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. Amen. Just just rely on God. So let's see. Did I, I read 37. Amen. I think I'm not supposed to go any further. Than, but we are more than conquerors through him. We are super victorious. Amen. Not just uh, victory. You don't just get victory. But an overpowering achievement with abundant victory amen uh, and this is not a, a a language of conceit but it's a confidence it's language of confidence confidence in him because god doesn't just lead you to a victory where you just make it on the other side but he you lead you you come out with something amen you can see don't forget we still want stuff Amen. So he he leads you into victory, and you have something to show for your confidence in God. It's not about us. It's not about it's what we are. Well, our part is to stay with God. Amen. And then you conquer your enemies, and then God strengthens us through the prayer and the intercession. He strengthens us. He strengthens us through our relationship with him. That's what happens. Psalm 68, verse 34 and 34 says, The God of Israel is he that giveth strength and power unto his people. Amen. So we are blessed by God. If you write that down, Psalm 68, 34 and 35, you can read that when you go home. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says God's grace is sufficient for us for my strength is made perfect in weakness it's okay to be weak it's okay to need help it's called submitting yourself un- unto the mighty hand of God amen but when you don't want the people to see your weakness this is let me tell you how the devil get people pride it's called pride don't want people to see you in need don't want people to see you hurting don't want people to see now if you've got, gotten past that with God because see there's a place where you can go through trials and tribulation and you're not uh, in a place where you are worrying in other words you turned it all over to God and you are confident in God because you know God is with you that's one thing but you go through a process and those who don't want people to know that there's a process that they're going through or people who hate the process and fight it and get angry because they're going through a process like everybody ain't, though, <laughs> I'm just saying, then you might have a problem getting to the super overcoming, you know, because all of this is done through relationship with God, Amen. His grace is sufficient. In other words, when you need him, all you need is him. Amen. When you need him, all you need is him. You don't have to cover up a a weakness. It says, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. 
Hallelujah. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. In other words, God wants us to depend on him. He wants, it's not a, a, you shouldn't feel uh, exposed because you have weaknesses. We all got them. So what you going to do, go around with a false cloak, that's what, that, it, then you're religious. False cloak. Now that didn't go over well, but think about it. Amen. It's just like going putting on a Halloween costume and wearing it all the time. Amen. And so you have to just be real, be you. In 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, the Amplified says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. He encouraged and strengthened. The Amplified say, and strengthened himself. See, when, you're in, when you encourage yourself in the Lord, like those songs that we were talking about in the, the, that was taken from the Psalms of David. David was encouraging himself in the Lord when he wrote the Psalms. He didn't just write it and forget it. But he wrote it and he went over and over and he went back and he captured it and he studied it and he sang to the Lord. He started, he turned those words into songs when he was very, very down, very, very depressed and feeling quite alone. Amen. And so it says David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord. And through the Lord, the situation was turned around. Every situation was turned around. Amen. Hallelujah. And I think he wrote... um, in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, this is when they were talking about him being stoned. The people think about being stoning him or something after that. And he turned the situation around. See, God can can speak to people who, who don't even hear his voice, people who don't even worship him, people who are, you know, heathens. He can speak to heathens and show them something good about you. And I know that's true because he can even make your enemies at peace with you. And he can cause your enemy to be uh, okay with you, let you off the hook. Say, you know what, because you didn't do nothing to him anyway. It's only right. But enemies can continue to pursue you if you don't seek God. And so he makes uh, your enemy to be at peace with you. Every time David inquired of the Lord and sought his face in times of trouble, he was strengthened. And found answers to his problem every single time. Every single time. If you read First, Second Samuel, read his psalm, every single time he was up against a, an enemy. God gave him victory, but he, he was strengthened. This is not a thing where, this is what I'm trying to say. This is not a thing where he just sought the Lord, God did the work. There are some transformations and changes that went I'm trying to say that he went through to get that outcome. He had to lose some demons. He had to do some forgiving. He had to accept some forgiveness. He had to let himself off the hook, you know, for what his kids did. You know how that is. He was a murderer, then his kid murders the other one. That's a lot of guilt. And so he had to receive everything that God was giving him to get to a higher level 
in God, amen, so that he can get to a level of victory. It's not worth it holding grudges. Who, who you think you are? I mean, come on now. We all can hold grudges, but, you know, we're, we're going someplace. You can't go nowhere carrying baggage. Man, slows you down. Just not good. I mean, you know, it's like God will turn his face and allow you to do that for a season. But when your season is over, you better buck up. Amen. Hallelujah. Every time David inquired of the Lord, he seeked or sought God's face, and he got victory over something, even if it was just victory over his flesh. Amen. When David was being pursued by Saul, he wrote the 59th. This is chapter of Psalms. So let's go there. Psalm 59. Let's go back to the Psalm. Every time he, he had troubles, he wrote a Psalm. I think that's brilliant. If we would all turn our troubles into something positive. And why did he do it? Because he, he didn't know what else to do. He was in the spirit with God. And God was using him for us so that when we came into that same situation or something similar, we knew what we would know what to do. Psalm 59, verse 16. Hallelujah. It says, but I will sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning, for you have been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. He wrote that when he was, what was going on? When he was in being pursued, right, by Saul. Verse 17 says, To you, O my strength, I will sing praises, for God is my defense, my God of mercy. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's see, I'm almost done. Now, let's see. When David was in prison in Gath, he wrote the 56th Psalm. So let's go there to the fifth. Let's go back. 56th Psalm. 56, verse 3 and 4. And it says, um, Whenever I'm afraid, I think this is a song too. I would, it says, when, What time? I am afraid. What time I am afraid. You, some, whatever. Whenever I'm afraid. Amen. But anyway, it says here, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? See, he came to some realizations. That man was not his problem, and man couldn't do anything to him. Why? Because he had God. Amen. And so I'm thinking that fear, that spirit of fear of man just dropped off of him because he fully immersed himself with the presence of God and wrote the Psalms. And not only were they Psalms to teach us, but they were songs that he sang back to God. He offered them back up to God. And I think that is so awesome. Hallelujah. I don't know if this is the same song 
the some of the words of the one I'm remembering. It says, you have encompassed me about with songs of deliverance. What time I am afraid, I will trust in you. Amen. This is how he strengthened himself in the Lord. Whenever you get with God and start to worship and praise him, you are strengthened by might in your inner man. This is how it happens. Amen. It happens on the inside first. Hallelujah. So when David was fleeing Absalom, his son, he wrote Psalm 3. So let's go back to Psalm 3. That'll make you write a whole, that'll make you really write when you got to run from your own crazy kid. Psalm 3. And let's see, what verse am I looking for? Let's go to 1. And it says, Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. In other words, everybody is after me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say to me, there is no hope. Did I read this once? There is no help for him in God. But you, O oh Lord, is a shield for me. Okay, I, I did read that again. But yeah, he read, he wrote this when he was running from his song. He says, you are the glory, the lifter of my head, and my shield. Amen. And when Daniel was hiding in the wilderness uh, of Judea, he wrote, Psalm 63. Now, if we already read that, I won't go back. Psalm 63. I don't see that one. So let's go to Psalm 63. This is when he was hiding in the wilderness from Saul. Hallelujah. In other words, you can be in the worst trouble, but not be in trouble. You get with God. Psalm 63. Verse 1, it says, God, you are my God. Oh, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So in other words, he's saying I learned to be abound and abased. I was thirsty, but I did not want water because there was no water. Okay, thank you. And it says, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see. In other words, I'm looking for you face to face in the clefts of the rock, uh, you know, in the, the um, secret place. That's where I'm looking for you to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. Because he didn't know. You see, he didn't know how long his life was going to be. He said, while I live. I'm going to go out blessing and praising you. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches, because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. I know that's right. They shall fall by the sword. 
they shall be a portion for the jackals. Now, see, he's telling God this. You know why he's telling God this? He done been through so much. He know how this story's going to end. <laughs> he already know how this stuff is going to end. Amen. So it says, um, they shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for the jackal. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who, who swears by him shall glory, but the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. Hallelujah. And so he was, you see how he kept going. Now we know how he killed Goliath because he had the spirit of might and power on him. Nobody else could have done it except him. Nobody else wanted to do it other than him. Amen. So over and over again, we saw how David gained strength. He poured out his heart in every psalm. And that's what we need to do, pour out our hearts to God, not just one time, not just five times. Amen. But every day you visit the secret place, pour out your heart. Amen. I believe things would happen so much better. We get total, we'll get more than victory. We'll get super abundant victory. We're more. And see, that's where that more than overcomers comes from. He poured out his heart to God in every psalm. David wrote these psalms when men were coming against him, but he directed his thoughts toward God. He directed his heart, his mind, his prayers toward God. He didn't sit up and be talking about them and what he going to do and, and talking about their mama. You know what I'm saying, getting the flesh. It was no place for flesh. This was a spiritual activity. <laughs> He realized that mere man could not harm him. And I look at that as a whole. What did it accomplish? It it accomplished the fact that he knew mere man was no threat. So he, in other words, he wasn't fighting against flesh and blood anymore. He knew that the armies were after him, but he also knew that God was his victory. Amen. And he didn't have to, you know, mobilize the army mobilized the men because he was done with that. He realized as he sung to God and as he prayed that he he was God was his refuge, that he was protected and hidden in the cleft of the rock, a safe haven where nobody could harm him. God was his fortress, and this is one thing I want to leave you with. God is your fortress. In other words, God is your hiding place. Amen. It's a place he called, he could flee when he needed protection. Amen. And we all overcome this way. God is your fortress. He is your protection. And in him, we must trust if we're going to get victory. Amen. All right, why don't we stop? Father, we thank and praise you. Amen. We praise you for your word. We thank you. For-